<laughs> Code Keepers, man. It's good to see everybody back. Hopefully you have your water with you. Make sure you have your water with you. We're going to talk about backstabbers. In our community, there's a plethora of backstabbers that we need to air out and deal with. So, let's All right. Code. Welcome to Get On Code, the Fly Guy Show, which is a series of melanated conversations focused on empowerment, health, wealth, and knowledge of self. People think in binary choices because they are conditioned to. And on the wall was a picture of a wolf and a lion. I think the wolf was the Democratic Party, the lion was the Republicans. But the drug trade and all these illegal stuff that uh, people do, that's still economics. It's just that they couldn't do it in a traditional system. We're talking about melanated wealth. So we can build wealth, but we just, for some reason, don't seem to be able to transfer it. You had a great experience. Fine. That means nothing. What were you told as a child about education? You had to be how many times better? Every impression without an expression becomes depression. Peace. We're back and we're talking today about the backstabbers. They <laughs> smile in your face all the while they want to take your place the backstabbers and we got some that we need to air out and get out so <sighs> let's get into it yo zombie man you were talking about some of the backstabbers you were just recently dealing with so let's yeah. start off with that um i'll start it this way so in in this dialogue you know one of the things that and for those who are in business one of the cardinal rules is you must listen to the market because the market will teach you what it needs, how it needs it, and in what form it needs it. So the person responds, what do you mean by the market? As if she had no clue as to what I'm discussing when I said, listen to the market and you have no clue about what is a market and who is your market, which becomes very problematic. Yeah, and because of that person's misunderstanding or lack of understanding, they probably would engage in some behaviors that would actually backstab the mission. Not only backstab the mission, but backstab the asset. And what I mean by the asset is the company or the organization over which you govern or which you're employed by. I say that. I say okay. that. Yo, uh, min, uh, doc, Dr. Inky's going to join us in just a few seconds. All right. Um, but one of the things that I think is important as a layout when we mm -hmm. talk about, you know, <sighs> the backstabbers, American bootlicks that we need to call out and air out, particularly in our community. And, and when I say our community, let, let me go ahead and do the disclaimer because there's some people who just really don't understand where we're going with this. Mm -hmm. So when we say our community, we might use the term African-American. We might use the term black. We're not stupid. We're not referring to skin color, hair texture, origin from a city, country, nationality, or planet called black. We're talking about a person of some African or indigenous or an Aboriginal or, you know, whatever descent we want to use, but we're talking about us and we don't set trip off the name. But when we talk about blacks that backstab our issues, our interests, a lot of times I've heard people say stupid stuff like that's just what black people do. That's just what we do. We're the only people that do that. And I need to add this context because a lot of times we demean ourselves okay. and we say things that are just not the truth. And so I'm going to bring this into the conversation. The Udenrat. Mm. The Udenrat were the Jews in Germany, Poland, and some other parts of Europe who we might call backstabbers. These were councils of Jewish elders who were responsible for organizing the orderly deportation to the death camps of their fellow Jews. Mm. You, you and know, see, it, a lot of times, go ahead. You, you know, it reminds me, 
And I always like to use, you know, movies as a teaching tool. And there's one movie that is very apropos to today's dialogue. And for those of you who have not seen this movie, it is a must-see. Braveheart. Braveheart. Okay, I didn't see you going there. I didn't see okay. you going there. All right, tap in, tap in. When when you go see now for for those, and I'm probably going to tell my age. The movie came out around I want to say '93. Okay, uh, three-hour movie, uh, starred, directed, produced by Mel Gibson. The movie deals with a Scottish hero of liberation named William Wallace, who came to liberate his people from British oppression. Uh, with the help of some Irish allies. If you go and you watch that movie, the one thing you'll learn about that movie is how a certain cadre of an oppressed people will betray the legitimate aspirations of their people's liberation, cut deals with the enemy to receive perks from that enemy, okay? So the movie deals with what I call betrayal in the arena of power. So let's say you and I, we, we are part of a cadre of leading our people to liberation, however we define liberation. But then there's some within our ranks, within our groups that cuts a deal with the enemy that undermines our ability to liberate our people. Okay, so that's, and that's in essence what the movie Braveheart is about. All right. I have to be totally honest. I've never seen Braveheart. Oh, man. When, when you see it, you'll understand what, I, <laughs> what I'm talking about. Trust me. Right. Well, going back to the Judenrat, man, the okay. Judenrat weren't the only Jewish backstabbers, you know. Um, so, you know, the Holocaust was something that was horrible. But there were people... And this particular guy, Vit, uh, Vital Hassan, was a Jew who worked with the Nazis and hunted down refugees in the World War II Greece era, mm. area. So this guy in particular, they have his name, Vital Hassan. <laughs> he was a leader of a Jewish police department who hunted down refugees. You know, some of the Jews fleed Germany and Poland, and some went to Greece. Mm. And this was a police officer who hunted down Jews who fled to Greece to make sure that they were deported. Um, you know, another thing that a lot of us don't understand is we weren't the first to occupy, quote unquote, the ghettos. Mm -hmm. All right. So the ghettos was an area that white supremacists initially assigned those who had not achieved acceptance in white America an area to. So, you know, when the Jews came to the United States of America, they were assigned, they were forced to go to the areas they called the ghettos. And they was, it was interesting because American, you know, whites at that time did not allow them to participate in certain aspects of commerce. Mm. So they were regulated to operating in certain areas. And there are some areas now where we'll say, you know, it seems like there's a lot of Jews that are involved in this particular area. And that's because the white supremacists, before they accepted the European Jews as being white, said, you got to go over there and do that. And, you know, we're not allowing you to have full participation in the quote unquote American dream. Mm. I want to go in further with the Uterite. So, they were normally composed of about 24 people, 24 men, right? Mm -hmm. And their job was to coordinate forcing the other Jews to make their way to the chambers. So it's, you know, a lot of times when people talk about the backstabbers mm -hmm. in our community, they think that we're the only ones who did that. We're the only one, you know, we're the only ones that have backstabbers, you know, and that's just not the case. We really internalize a sense of self-hate that would make us think we're the only group to have problems. 
that have problematic behaviors. Mm -hmm. So the same way that some of our indigenous and some of our African leaders um, may have allowed some people who were um, considered war property to be sold off, who were later enslaved, Jews did the same thing. And we can talk about America. We have this concept of traitors and people are frequently taken to court, penalized. Some of them receive time in jail. Some of them receive the death you know, judgment because they were traitors. So this idea of backstabbers is not just particular to our people. And we got to stop saying that stupidity. But we still need to air out some of the backstabbers that really impact our community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so when we talk about some of the backstabbers, you know, I know that Dr. Amos Wilson <coughs> identified some. I know yeah. that Farrakhan identified some. I know that Malcolm X identified some. I know that Dr. Neely Fuller identified some. Get on code. Who are some of these people based on your research, man? Who are some of the folk we need to air out, get out, and let folk know that they're truly acting as backstabbers. And I have a new recent one I want to highlight once you finish. Okay. Um, before I start, I'm going to throw a, a book into the record uh, that will further go into the whole backstabber thing. Uh, it's written by our ancestor, Dr. Khalid Al-Mansur, called Betrayal by Any Other Name. And it goes into the history of backstabbers who have been in positions of leadership, who have collaborated with quote unquote enemies of African people uh, to oppress the black masses. So if you can find that book, it's a, it's a very uh, appropriate book, Betrayal by Any Other Name. Two, I want to mention, and some may have issues with who I bring up, uh, number one, W.B.E. Du Bois. Number two, Mobutu Sese Seko. Why do I mention these two names? Uh, when I mention Du Bois, okay, Du Bois was one of the ones who was in opposition to the Garvey movement. And if I'm not mistaken, he is one of the eight who was listed that signed a letter that was sent to the Department of Justice and demanded that Garvey be deported back to Jamaica because he was stirring up trouble. What it was really about was the fact that because Garvey was not educated by white academia, nor did he have a stake in the American dream, but was more effective than the so-called talented 10th, they had to get him off the street. Okay. So that's Du Bois. And we can go into some other things about his connection to Joel Spingarn. Ooh, and that part, that part, hashtag that part, is in the book, Betrayal by Any Other Name. I okay. used to be a, uh, a leader in the Virginia Beach NAACP youth coordinator. I was a youth coordinator for the Virginia Beach NAACP. And it was at that time when I put my hands and bought a copy of Betrayal by Any Other Name, when I learned about Joseph Spingarn mm -hmm. and how the NAACP, and this was in the 90s, so they may have changed since then. I'm not really sure. You know, I'm still active with them, but I'm not necessarily fully involved in all the decisions. Right. But the Spingard Medal of Honor was one of the highest ranking um, salutatoriums, you know, one of the highest ranking levels of recognition that we gave in the NAACP. But right. Spingarn, he was a spy, and he was a spy that was sent to set, you know, to watch us and find out if we were doing things that would upset America. So right. in the NAACP at that time, and possibly today, the highest level of recognition is given in name of an American spy who spied on our people to report to the government so there wouldn't be the rise of the Black Messiah. Mm -hmm. and, and to take it one step further with Spingarn, he was actually made 
a major on site by at the time it was called military intelligence division there was no fbi there was no cia at that point yet okay and they actually used du bois and the uh I think it's still called the crisis, the NAACP magazine, to where they developed uh, kind of a spy network on the subscribers to the, uh, you know, of the of the crisis magazine and members of the NAACP. Okay, so that's Du Bois. Now for Mobutu Sese Seiko, all right. Mobutu Sese Seiko, his main man or his so-called brother was Patrice Lumumba, who was elected prime minister of the Congo by his people, all right? It was Mobutu who allowed himself to be bought out by the CIA. And if you ever saw footage where once they captured Patrice Lumumba, you will see Mobutu kicking Patrice Lumumba in the head before he was ultimately executed by the Belgians. Now, um, you know, making sure that I, that I give uh, a full story here, okay? Mobutu not only had help from the Belgians, but from the American CIA, uh, former CIA director Alan Dulles, along with Eisenhower, put up $150,000 to finance the assassination. Once they got Mumumba off the set, Patri uh, excuse me, Mobutu was put in power by the U.S. and by the Belgians. In fact, for, for those who have seen the movie When We Were Kings, the documentary with uh, Ali versus Foreman, The Rumble in the Jungle, the, the, right, the thing right, that made right. me, the thing that made it bittersweet watching that documentary was the fact that Mobutu damn near bankrupt his entire nation to put that fight on. He took 10 million U.S. dollars of his nation's scarce resources to put that fight on because Don King had promised Foreman and Ali $5 million a piece, but he didn't have the money. So they went to Mobutu to put the money up. And I think when Ali realized what was done, he gave part of his purse back to the Congolese for them to uh, build a hospital, if I'm not mistaken, okay? Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that Muhammad Ali gave back some of the money once he realized the trick bag he had been placed in? Absolutely. And then I'm going to wind up, you know, I'm going to take you one step further. Guess who okay. one of Mobutu's closest friends was? Do tell. Pat Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, let me, let me, let me explain why. Okay. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Pat Robinson from the 700 Club? Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Pat Robinson from Regent University. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. <laughs> if if now, you ever... I, I got a quick disclosure, bro. I, I I hate to keep interrupting you, but I'm a graduate of Regent University. <laughs> My father taught there. <laughs> and yo, Pat Robinson's always been on some evil supremacist stuff. Okay. So uh, but full disclosure, I'm a you know proud grad from Regent University. I did went there for my, my master's in education. You know, of course, I'm a proud Hamptonian first, um, but I had to put that out there because someone's going to call me on the carpet about it. Yeah, I did go to the school that was founded by Pat Robinson. Okay. So, yeah. so Pat Robinson, the reason why he became close friends with Mobutu is Pat Robinson created a company called the African Development Corporation, which... <laughs> The front, it was a nonprofit organization, but what it really was, it was a mining company where Mobutu allowed him to come in and mine. And due to that mining, Robertson was able to extract a net profit of $11 million a month. So the old adage of they took the gold and left us the Bibles, that's a prime example of that. Craziness. Hey, look, I want to bring on and salute the good Dr. Enki. What's up, bro? Hey, pause. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, I guess we can also pause to get at least 10 push-ups in, right? 
So, speaking of push-ups, <laughs> speaking of push-ups, we got the good brother Fat Cash or Charles Harris, um, Kingly. What what is it, Kingly? Character. Kingly character. Yo, so uh, if you're watching on the Our Black Empowerment channel, you'll see on YouTube that every day there's a person doing a hundred push-ups a day on camera, and that's the good brother Charles or Kingly character. Uh, or Fat Cash, and it's good to have him on the show today, bro. Good to Thank have you. you on the show. So we have the gentleman who started the 100 Push-Ups a Day Challenge, as we call it, all about the Benjamins, Dr. Inky, and we have the person who embodies and participates and is the great example of that all about the Benjamins challenge, kingly character, a.k.a. Fat Cash. Uh, so, Brother Zumbi, man, I'm sorry to interrupt. But I had to, so everybody knows who we rocking with today. Okay. So so that whole thing about if we can name two, quote unquote, backstabbers, you know, uh, as Brother Copley always says, name the names. So these are the names that we're putting into the record of those who have betrayed the legitimate aspirations of liberation for the African world community. Word. And if you go online, if you just Google, if you just Bing, you're going to find the uh, how Pat Robinson exploited post-genocide Rwandas for diamonds. Yeah. 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 So when you hear that Kanye song about diamonds are forever, and he's talking about blood diamonds, we can include Virginia Beach resident, founder of Regent University, founder of the 700 Club, supposedly a good Christian man, Pat Robinson. Dr. Inky, though. Dr. Inky, though. I know you're drinking your water, brother, but I know you have some other no, that's that, black, black that's backstabbers. That blue, that's that blue magic right there. Oh, okay. That blue magic right there. Mm -hmm. Yo, 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 Inky, man, if you can give maybe the first verse of your beautiful song that I affectionately call How to Rob, because in that song, man, and I know you actually had when the, it's called The Rabbit, when The Rabbit Got the Gun, you talked about people in the Black consciousness community who were backstabbers. Can you, can you just give us a little freestyle, man, in that first Wait. verse, bro? Wait, wait. I, I just got to say, pause. I, I just want the family out there to understand. <clears throat> I did not create the title of this video, right? So when we talk about backstabbers, I just want to say pause for the whole panel because these brothers may not fully comprehend where to pause. And, the, you know, but I'm going to just say pause for the whole panel and then get to the traitors. I'm going to say traitors of the community. <laughs> I'm going to say the backstabbers. You yes, know what sir. I mean? I'll say this. I'll, I'll give you the, the breakdown of it. Um, You know, and, and for the people, y'all can go listen to Rabbit Got the Gun, you know. Um, but it started with the idea. And, and here's where the connection is. And this is kind of um, one of the things that I personally enjoy about this this show. Um, it's because I get to learn a lot. You know what I mean? A lot of times you guys speak from, you know, I just get to learn a lot. I'll leave it at that. So, but the one thing that we have to understand is um, perspective. And so... A lot of times when we're having a conversation and we might be talking about community traders, um, but there's always going to be a next generation and they're going to listen, but they're not going to listen from the perspective that you'd like them to be listening from. They're going to be listening from the perspective like, oh, wow, anything you could do, I could do better. So as they're listening to you explain the traitor, they're going in their mind, hmm, I can do what the traitor did and then I can do it a little bit better. So each generation that goes on, you, you get a mocking of the generation that passed 
and you know where the community should be healing itself and repairing itself the um the traitorous behaviors are getting more egregious so where you see dr york go to jail um for raping i think he i think he played out to like raping 100 kids or something crazy right he passed his legacy down to polite and so now you see polite on trial for shooting his semen on one of his daughters mm. so that's how you pass that that down you know and then on top And then on top of that, you know, when it comes to the money, you know, because that's always the conversation in the community is why can't we get the money? You know, a lot of people saw a lot of uh, flim flam in terms of scamming in the community that started with the Moorish brothers, to be honest. The, the Moorish brothers started up the um, scamming folks. And this is kind of how, you know, how it got to where it is now. The sovereign citizen movement, they created a bunch of documents and collected, you know, those documents together into books. I think the books was called the Matrix books. And so they started to um, try to do some of the things that they, you know, collected in those books. But they were going to jail, you know, getting shot like it, it wasn't working out the way they thought. So. You know, what do they do? They sell, they, they, you know, they, they sell those books to the black community. <laughs> mm. And so the, the Moorish folks got their hands on those sovereign citizen books. And then they tried to do some of the things that they read in those books late as usual. Um, and they started to get locked up and, and, you know, adverse, you know, it didn't work out according to plan. So they realized that the only thing they could do with all that mortgage, UCC, Social Security, Treasury bullshit was sell it to somebody else. So mm -hmm. then so now so now they start to selling it to other, you know, and so you get this thing going where it's the paperwork scam and, um, you know, that translates all the way up till now where you got certain brothers um, saying that they're getting uh, kidnapped by aliens and that the aliens are downloading information into their brain. And that information will allow them to make billions of dollars with crypto. So if you pay them five to $10,000, they can give you this alien crypto knowledge where you can go ahead and make billions of dollars because the aliens have entrusted it in them. And are we talking about and, Billy Carson? Oh, he's not the only one. He's not the only one. Billy, he's, he's, a part, he's a part of that movement. He's a part of that movement. But again, that starts with Bobby Hemet and Delbert Blair. See, they were, you know, downloading information from the aliens. I was there firsthand when Delbert Blair was explaining to the crowd that aliens met his business partners in the desert out in Las Vegas <laughs> and gave them and gave them the, 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 the crystals that they need to put on the back of their cell phones and on the side of their microwave. <laughs> to take all of the cancer out of the community. So what I'm saying is I was there when Bobby Hemet was selling the people angel checks, right? So the angel checks and uh, I forgot what the name of those damn crystals was that you're supposed to put on your microwave to take the cancer out of the microwave and all this other foolishness. But that has just morphed into... <laughs> Yeah, that has just morphed into today's version of the UCC program or Lakes of Somerville fake houses or, you know, like, yeah. Hey, we're going to open up a black community. We're selling the deeds. No, no, no. You don't need to come visit the property. Just buy the deeds, you know, just, yeah, just buy the deeds. So, yeah, this, this, uh, you know, the, the traitorous 
community thing is a is an inheritance that has been passed down from the eldership. And what happens is the reason why is because our generation doesn't recognize real spirituality anymore. So because the quote unquote spiritual community is devoid of spirituality, it becomes a money grab. So now your spirituality and your intelligence should be judged by how much money you amass. And when money becomes the single barometer for success, everything is a go. Everything is acceptable. And that was cool when that was in the outer world. But we, you know, the conscious community, the, the underground, like that wasn't supposed to infiltrate this space. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you got Wesley Muhammad uh, telling people that cow's milk is the food of the black gods, even though. Uh, 70% of his people is on diabetes over there, Nation of Islam. Farrakhan is dealing with uh, prostate cancer. And we know cow's milk is like one of the number one things that they list as a contributor to prostate cancer specifically. Like, So there's just um, levels. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You got to stop me. Just yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah, I know I got to stop you, bro. <laughs> I got to stop you. <laughs> I got to stop Zumbi. Y'all gotta stop me. <laughs> yo, yo, fat cash, bro. Yes, sir. Any thoughts on what Dr. Inky is sharing? I'm I'm just baffled. I'm I'm dumbfounded because I here I am thought I was doing something by helping the black community with the ship help uh fording on the Bobby Hemmett stuff. <laughs> I mm -hmm. feel like a complete uh well I mean, listen, here's the that. thing. They, they put out a lot of information. And so you might get, you might get locked into some really powerful information that you yeah. can utilize, but not realizing that those are the things that are put out in terms of like debate. So they put oh. out some really good information to reel you in. And then wow. once you reeled in, like for instance with Bobby Hemmett, Bobby Hemmett is going to teach you that the gates of heaven are guarded. And this is the same similar, uh, same teaching as, as uh, Dr. York. This is how they open you up into the deviant, uh, to the, to the real backstabbing lifestyle. Yo, we are not going there. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. The, the, uh, the, um, no, no, that the gates of heaven are guarded by bisexual um, entities. And the only way that you could get into heaven is to practice these, you know, anal sex with these, uh, with the guardians of, of heaven gates. You know what I'm saying? So you would be brought in by the, the, the reg, you know, the good information, so to speak. And then as you become more studious and you're like, oh my God, I'm getting more hungry for this information. I'm, I'm tapping in, you know, then that's when you get to the secret teachings. <laughs> Or the higher vibration, you know, they, they hit you with that vibration, the high chakra, the, the right. crown chakra level, you know, right. then then before yeah. you know it, that's what you know. But but you know what this sounds like? It it sounds like a Ponzi scheme in blackface. Mm. Oh, big time. Okay. Mm. And 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 one of the things, and and this will go to what Brother Anki was talking about. See, there was a time when the real culturally conscious community, you had to have a real moral, strong moral compass. And I'll tell you this, in 2002, when Brother Copley came up here, uh, Brother Steve Copley, okay, the one thing that he told us, we were sitting in a cipher, he says, if you want to serve the people, you can't come before the people dirty. Mm. Mm. And there's been... And, and I remember that since like it was yesterday. This was November 2002, okay? Right around the time of the DC sniper situation, okay? Wow. From that moment even to now, when I look at those who present themselves in the so-called conscious community, have they come before the people clean? Okay, yes. Pause, pause. 
I wanted to remind the code keepers that whenever you see one of us drink our water, you're supposed to drink your water too. We want us all to be refreshed and stay vital. So I just drank my clean water like, uh, you know, Malcolm and Elijah Muhammad talked about that clean water. Uh, so continue, good brother. And then yeah. I want to bring up something, because um, you know, because yeah. what we need to do, we need to do this. We need to do this. Okay. So, so you know, every. Okay. So, so we need to do that with them conscious brothers who be talking that craziness. Go ahead. And see, the thing is, everybody wants to use Malcolm as an example, but here's the difference. When Malcolm came out of that Massachusetts prison, remember, he went in as Detroit Red, but he came out as Malcolm X, okay? So that criminal life that he led, he left that behind and he never relapsed back into that. So Malcolm said that he was reformed. I disagree. He was transformed. He was a new creature when he came out and he never backslid on that because he had a new code of conduct. He had a new morality about him to where he would never betray the aspirations of the people uh, that he served, hmm. okay? And, and so when we look at uh, those who have served the community, have they served the community with a strong moral compass to where when we get into the 42 affirmations of my yacht where I have not betrayed my brother or my sister? I have been uh, a good keeper of my brother and my sister's welfare. I know I'm paraphrasing, but yes. where is that strong moral compass amongst the people when you choose to serve the people? Hey, Fat Cash, you had a question, bro. Yeah, Come I do. In. So I just kind of want to dovetail into uh, what Dr. Inga said and, and uh, with the brother. Uh, I'm sorry, sir, I, I didn't capture. Oh, brother minister. Brother minister. Yes. And so back to Dr. Inga. So, you know, I ain't gonna, I'm gonna just be big, you know. So, for the longest, you know, I've been the long, I, I grew up as an Episcopalian, uh, then referred to a Baptist. I just did what I was supposed to do. Well, I did what I was forced to do as a child and just thought that was the right thing to do as an individual. I've only now, like literally, I ain't embarrassed. I've only now literally became consciously awoke, like, hold on. And it's only as a result that, that is only as a direct result of me doing social, social media. And I'm gonna tell you, I, um, I stayed clear of this social media BS for like 23 years. Like literally, mm. I refused to be part of social media. I only joined last year because I knew what it was going to do. I saw what it was doing pills and now. I just didn't want no part of it. But now that I've inserted myself into it and I came across uh, uh, Bobby Hammond videos, I was really intrigued. But then here, Dr. Inky say this. I'm like, what, what do I do? And so... Mm. Then here, I hear Brother Minister saying his his part. I said, what do you do? What do you trust? So it kind of puts me into the thing where I don't want to trust nobody. I'm going to just do have, as long as I feel like I have a correct moral compass and I'm doing the right thing, that should be good enough for me. It's like, what do you do? Over. Hmm. Um, yeah, just the, um, I would just say the research has to always go offline. You know, like, so, yeah, like, um, early on when I was first exposed to the concept of, say, chakras, for instance, I was under the impression, like a lot of people, that chakras have colors and chakras have to do with the rainbow, Roy G. Biv, and this frequency of light is this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. Right up until I went offline and actually looked up the origin of chakras. Bam. That took me to the uh, the Sanskrit, you know, text, the Upanishads. And then I'm, I'm looking in the Upanishads. I'm like, interesting. This has nothing to do with sex. This has nothing to do with balls of light, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, none of the stuff that was floating around had to do with the actual system of the chakras. That was more right. of a thing for Hindu deities to be called in. Now, in an American sense or a Christian sense, it could be called, it could be like demon possession in a, in a sense. But um, but all, all stuff just got to be taken offline so you can get to the root of it. You know, once you, you know, it because 
again, they're going to give you some good stuff. Like um, when we were sitting down in the Delbert, in the Delbert uh, Blair class and um, he was teaching about, you know, radiation and how radiation can damage the skin and the stem cells and blah, blah, blah. All of that information was 100% right and exact. Right up into the part where he pulled out the diode. That's what he was calling them things. Right up into the point where he pulled out the diodes. And he was like, yeah, now these are called diodes. What these are is an alien crystal from another planet. And uh, my business partner, and he even go into the business partner part. I had to, you know, I brung some of that stuff out of him. I was like, hey, if it's from another planet, where'd you get it from? He was like, uh, <laughs> well, well, my business partners, you know, uh, one of my business partners was walking through the desert and he had got stranded in the desert. And while he was wandering in the desert, he went into a cave. And when he went to a cave, the aliens was in that cave. And they said that they had been waiting for him for 2000 years, you know, uh, to give him the diodes to save humanity so that they could fly back to their, their, their planet. So, you know, yeah. So, you know, I got another question immediately. I'm like, oh, okay. So when you sell those, when you sell those, how do you re-up? <laughs> <laughs> They're from another planet. Once you sell out, because I'm sure that he could only, you know, in the desert, in the middle right. of the desert, all he could grab was all he could carry. I'm sure that's all right. they gave him was what he could carry. So after he sold whatever he could carry in his hands, how did you re-up? You know, like just simple, logical. And he got mad with me, told me, don't ask no more questions till at the end. We could talk privately. <laughs> yeah. But mm -hmm. but now the flip side to this is many of those elders would tell you, you know, because I was there, um, I was around when Phil Valentine told people that uh who is Phil Valentine uh running uh this this time? Um, he told people that the world was getting ready to end and that um, he had government contacts because the government had built underground cities and he had some government contacts that was going to give him the maps so that he could lead you know, a certain amount of people down into the underground city when the surface level of the world is no longer livable. And so that people needed to give him at least a hundred to five hundred dollars to qualify to be put on this list of people that he will be saving with this map that he'll be purchasing from this government whistleblower. And so Obviously, the world never ended, and you know, people found out later on that he had some mortgage issues or whatever. He had to pay his mortgage or whatever. But what I'm saying is, is yeah. So, but again, you know, the 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 some of the older G's, you know, um, they would say that if the people supported properly, they wouldn't have to make up these wild you know, stories to get people's support. Because, because in all reality, um, our community's teachers, our community's leaders are the only ones that the communities abandon and don't take care of. So on one side, there's the angel checks, the diodes and the underground city stories. But on the other hand, you have thousands of people that want this information, this knowledge, and this wisdom, but they don't want to take care of the people that give it to them. No. So, mm. so how do how does somebody that dedicates their life 20, 30, 40, 50 years to teaching the people then take care of themselves and make sure that their lights stay on and make sure that you know now I have a little more faith you know, in, in people, you know, I, I tend to just be straightforward and be like, yo, hit my cash app, send me some money or I'm going to stop teaching you niggas. Right. And, you know, <laughs> for the most part, you know, every so often people will send a few bucks in, you know what I'm saying? But 
you do a video, video get a thousand views, you might get cash apps from ten or fifteen of those people. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like at best, you know what I'm saying? Like it just so there's a dynamic where the community doesn't understand research and development. They don't mm. understand the concept of research and development. And I tell people all the time, our R&D money, the money that we need to build up the community, the money that we need to, um, that's the reason why. Like we see that there's like an agenda, but we just don't understand the agenda. We always go with, oh, the Freemasons or the Illuminati. Like, no, 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 it's not that deep. Y'all are looking in the wrong direction. This is Scooby-Doo shit. Y'all are chasing the red herring. The reason why the liquor stores and the, and the strip clubs and all that is everywhere in your community is to suck out the research and development money. That's what the whole name of the game is. So while the community is broken down and everybody's looking at the pastor saying, man, the pastor should be doing more to build up the community. The pastor's not collecting more money than the strip club. And <laughs> this is a fact. As a, as a person that you know that that may or may not have been in a strip club once or twice or twenty times, whatever. Once, twice. Yes, yeah, no, yeah. no need to count. But but the thing is, and then some people would say, "Oh yeah, well you know that money is going to the strippers, the black girls, the Spanish girls, you know that's in there trying to, you know, some of them is in college, blah 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 blah." That's fake. That's not that's not where that money goes. Right. There's a Greek guy or Arab guy that comes out at the end of the night and takes all them garbage bags full of money with him and the girls get a small cut. So most of that money doesn't end up with the girls that is shaking their booty. It ends up with the owner of the establishment who's, you know, so that money leaves the community. And a lot of times the people that run these businesses of vice are your Christians, your Jewish people, your Muslim people, and they will sell you the vice or the means to satisfy your vice. Like there's nobody in New York. I can't speak for everywhere else, but there's nobody in New York that bought drug paraphernalia from anybody besides Muslims. So, yeah. you you know, it, it, even though the Muslims may not have been selling you the coke or the crack, you might have had to get that from the Dominicans or whoever. The Muslims were selling you the scales, the vials, the baggies, the... So, and here's the thing. While they're taking your money to facilitate your vices, they then take your money and use that as research and development to build up their community. So, so when you see, um, you know, uh, two million, two million ecstasy pills bust in, you know, some some Jewish, you know, uh, synagogue or you know this, yeah, they because they get ready to get dirty in order to get clean, which was the thing that you know, was a part of the American fabric. That was a part of the American dream. You know, you, you might've had to break a few eggs to make an omelet. And black folks understood that, you know, up until my dad's generation, you know, the, the hustlers, hustling wasn't a permanent thing. It wasn't a lifestyle. It was a temporary fix to a long-term problem. So if you got out there in the street to make you a few dollars, however you was doing it, whether you was taking off your clothes or doing something else or robbing a bank or selling drugs or whatever, that was temporary. So you could turn around and get you a laundry mat or open you up a little arcade or a little soul food joint or something to that effect and, and get out the way. You know what I'm saying? Now you have an opportunity to take care of your family and contribute to your community. Maybe right. 30 All years right. ago, that changed into you know, making it rain and endless flossing and and coming into the community to be worshipped by the community. So when you get money as a black or brown person, you don't want to empower any other people. In fact, you want to use your money and influence to block 
anybody else from gaining money or influence so that people can worship mm -hmm. you as a pseudo god or prophet in the neighborhood based on your money instead of your works so mm -hmm. anyway all right all right yeah. i want to tap in and take it to a different direction all right we kind of talked about some of those in the conscious community i want to take it to the political community so in our politicians our political eras we have some people who are traitors to the race. And here's one of the newest ones. This is Mark Robinson. He's currently the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, and he's trying to ride the coon train all the way to the governor's mansion. He's got a history of saying stupid stuff, and it looks like he's going for a personal best. There are some people that were talking about reparations in this country. They wanted reparations. And I remember I made this particular liberal so angry at me because I told them right to their face, Nobody owes you anything for slavery. If you want to tell the truth about it, it is you who owes. It's you who owes. Why do you owe? Because somebody in those fields took stripes for you. Somebody after those fields were ended and slavery was ended, somebody had to walk through Jim Crow for you. Somebody fought wars and died for you. Somebody lived less than because they didn't have what you have and they did it for you. There are people in their graves right now and they are there because they were willing to stand up and fight for you. Those folks on the Edmund Pettus Bridge carrying American flags, take that Colin Kaepernick, living in a society that he could scarcely acknowledge something that he has never known, living with a bigotry that none of us can imagine. Carried American flags on that bridge. And when they were hit upside the head with nightsticks and shot with water hoses and knocked to the ground, they got up and picked those flags up and kept marching. And they did it for you. Nobody owes you anything if anybody owes it's you because you've been the benefactor of freedom. You are the one that owes. Unacceptable. Crazy. Crazy. I, you know, I, 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 Go ahead, bro. Go ahead, Cash. Because I'm I, about to go in, too. No, you, you, go ahead. Go ahead, sir. You, go ahead. As we progress, as we try to, as we try to as we begin to as we facilitate the movement to making sure that those of us who should receive the renumative effects for the things that happen in America the retribution we're going to have folks standing up saying stupid stuff like he just did and we just need to prepare ourselves for the ability to rebut that stupidity and what's kind of interesting you know he brought up the edmund pettus bridge i've said often particularly on this show that we need to yeah jelani yeah when i saw that i was just like what we need to make sure that we go back though so you know i want to talk to a lawyer in that area where the edmund pettus bridge is because we need to go back and we need to charge each one of those police officers who were working that day. We need to charge the police chief and the mayor and the city council people who were there of the day of the Edmund Pettus Bridge and charge them for terrorism, yeah. charge them for attacks upon American citizens. You know, we need, because if we would have done that then, you know, we had craziness like John Lewis. You know, I support some of the stuff that John Lewis did, but he did a lot of off-code, you know, off-code coonish behavior when he was praising the police officers that put him in that situation, and he was thanking the police officers for that action. We should have charged all of those officers. If that would have happened, Breonna Taylor still might be alive. That's why I say we got to get on code. And when we have people like uh, Mark Robinson, who just spoke, Mark Richardson, um, and we just listen to his little talk. We can refute each and every moment and every statement he made. Should we be thankful for those people who, who walked across Edmund Pettus Bridge? Yeah, but we got to take it a little further. I see your hand, Inky. 
you know, when we look at those who struggled and gave up blood so we have the right to vote, yeah, we need to celebrate them, but it's our job to make their blood more valuable. They gave us the ability to vote. Now we need to make our vote valuable and say, if you're not on code for our agenda, you're not getting our political resource. You know, so we need to put together ideas and rebuttal strategies for this type of foolishness. And, you know, Zumbi, you know, you and I went back and forth because, you know, whenever the term reparation comes up, you say, are we prepared for it? And I keep saying, it doesn't matter if we're prepared for it. If you owe me money, you owe me money. If you owe me resources, you owe me resources. Doc Inky, man, what do you want to say, bro? I just, I just think that it's, um, it's murky waters when you add politics in, or if you make it political instead of maybe like civics or human rights issues. Because if you put up a black guy that's a Republican and you go, he's cooning, right? You got to go, okay, so are we saying that black folks that identify as conservatives are cooning? No. Because in the conscious space, like when we go to, to Coakley and we listen not just to the ideas or the rhetoric, but to the philosophies that we espouse, all of them are conservative. If we're talking about, you know, um, the and like you know the the blacks that have been killed by police all of that's directly a result of democrats yeah like joe biden True. literally wrote the 1993 crime bill and it's that crime bill that allowed for the police to wholesale shoot maim and terrorize the neighborhoods and black folks turned around and elected him president and we supported some of that stupidity when the Democrats, look, the Democrats are not our friends, the Republicans are not our friends, and the other parties that have popped up have not been our friends. So we need to act for us and not think that just because he's conservative that he's a coon. Because Obama did some coonish stuff, Bush did some coonish stuff, Trump did some stuff that was not in our favor, Joe Biden's doing a lot of stuff that's not in our favor. I'm not one of the ones, you know, if you ask me why I align with Republicans or Democrats, I'll tell you I'm an independent. And I think we need to independently say we're not going to support anything that doesn't support our agenda. And That's so it. Just, Brother, yeah, PH, yeah, I agree with that. Brother I agree PH with that. said, Brother PH, who's tapped in, he said, what was so foolish about what the man said? The part that was foolish is he did what Doc Inky talked about earlier, where he starts off with some truthful stuff, and then he veers off in things that will help him get elected, help him stay in office, but has no benefit to us. Yo, so do we need to be thankful for some of the actions of the civil rights soldiers? Yes. Do we need to say, since they did their stuff, that we need to leave it alone? No. Does that does that do the actions of the civil rights soldiers mean that America's debt is wiped away? No. And that's what I meant by the foolishness, bro. So, you know, um, so Leon says, Inky, where you get these guys from? <laughs> We're the guys that are fo focusing on our empowerment. We're the guys focusing on our empowerment. So Leon, if you're down for our empowerment, you rolling with the righteous. You rolling with the right folk right now. If you're not for our empowerment, you know, we may have to part ways at some point, good brother Leon Brown. Fat Cash, you want to say something, bro? Yeah, I, I, I just want to always get into me. I'm just a common denominator type of guy. That's just who I am. I like to look at a situation and understand why Why is it hurt? Why is it affecting? And if it affects me or could it potentially affect my family or individuals that I love, in a harsh or harming type of way, harmful type of way, I got to know. With all of this is being said, with Dr. Inky had mentioned, with the good brother had mentioned, with you, with, with you saw Seiko, the bottom line from a common denominator perspective, in my humble opinion is, someone is enabling and facilitating this type of behavior. All right? Who is enabling and facilitating it? 
Okay, that's, that's it. it really shouldn't be that hard. Somebody allow and facilitate it for that big black buck to get up there and behave in that manner. You know, really <clears> mean <throat> what, 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 what they want to hear, like you just mentioned, and then turn around and stab them in the back. Big, pause. big black buck. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yo, that was a little suspect right there, bro. Um, <laughs> I'm messing with you, man. Yo, fat cash, you know, we're gonna mess with everybody on. No, here, I know, man. I know. I, I just say, I say, I say big back. Well, I, I, I just recall that when I used to work at the warehouse, uh, back in the day, Virginia Beach, uh, you know, oh, oh, I, I'll never forget, man. I heard this, this white man say, Oh, you're a big black buck, you should be able to handle that. And that has always stuck with me, you know. I was a young guy, you know, I was big, and yeah. But no, but my thing is, you know, for real, someone is enabling and, and facilitating that BS, all right? That's just like me saying, I'm going to allow my son to come in here and act a fool and get away with it. Well, that's my fault. I enabled it. I facilitated it. It ain't that hard. That's just like me saying, I'm at my job, and I'm letting some Jack A come in and disrupt and cause chaos in this team that I worked so hard to build up. Well, that's my fault because I allowed a facilitator. If if you don't have certain individuals that have power or enough horsepower to uh, to uh, press the pause button on that type of behavior, it's going to continue to go on and on and on like a perpetual cycle. Over that's just what I'm saying. So my takeaway from this is one more time for clarity: is facilitating and enabling this type of behavior. You had to have had a platform. You had to have had the financing, the proper financing to get to where you had to be, to, to, to be able to say what you wanted to say. That's all I had to say. Hey, 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 brothers, we're at that point of the show. Actually, we're kind of long overdue. Uh, I try to bring us together and talk for about 45 minutes. We went a little bit over that. Um, last words, man. So, Doc Inky, man, what type of advice, what type of guidance? Um, you know, PH said that uh, people will still vote Demo. Yeah, uh, I, I get that. I yeah. get that. We're, we're working on that. Our people are working on that. We're changing, man. Follow the new black media, the new voices, new black media. We're helping to change that. Doc Inky, man, some last words so we can bring some some direction because there are think, always uh, going to be traitors. Go ahead. I, well, I think Brother Minister Zumbi, um, you know, he's got the, you know, he's, he's on to something with his book. I think that, um, you know, going back to the R&D money, we really got to put our money in, um, you know, we got to put our money behind the things that we want to see, even with politics. You know, as a politician, you have a job and your job is to um, push forward for your personal passions, whatever made you decide to be, you know, whatever change in the world you wanted to affect to make you want to become a politician, right? But also you have to satiate the people that keep your lights on. So we have to make sure if we want politicians to do what we want, that we are the people that keep their lights on. We got to make sure that even on a on a community level, if you want your community leaders, your platforms to do whatever, you have to be the one that keeps their lights on. You know, even on my little humble platforms, I notice the people with the most complaints are the least supportive. I don't see them in my cash app. I don't see them on my website, but I do see them saying things that they would like to see and things that they would not like to see. I'm like, mm, yeah, I guess I'll get back to you, you know, right around the time that you become important. You know what I'm saying? So politicians are that way on a larger scale. You know what I'm saying? If we're not the ones that keep their lights on, they really don't owe us the loyalty. Right. I think, I think, I'm sorry to drop, but. No, but before, before you do that, Cash, before you do that, I wanted to, uh, bring some guidance from Dr. Zumbi into the conversation and, and Cash, you're next. But Zumbi has been telling us this for a My while. Beloved brethren, Minister Zumbi Shawala, author of the 
book that every person should have on their shelves, The Gospel of Afronomics Theology, GOAT. Um, you know what, Minister, anytime I have you on the show, I try to go over your jewels. So, you know, why don't we go through your jewels very quickly? Okay. You know what they are. You know what they are. <laughs> okay. Principle 30 number seconds. Yeah. Principle number 19, cultural tithing. A dime out of every dollar should go to a race first African centered organization. That's number 19. Uh, be a cop. Be a creator, owner, and producer of whatever it is that you produce. And I'm also going to add another P, protector. You know, whatever we produce, we should also protect, whether it's through um, patents, copyrights, trademarks. And then being a $20 revolutionary, we should all commit ourselves to making a $20 purchase from a Black-owned entity each week, be it e-commerce or brick and mortar. The long-term objective is to have 50 million African people make this practice. And in one year, we can shift $52 billion back into our black economy. And beef, science of beef, beef is an acronym meaning business, economics, entrepreneurship, finance. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, I just had to bring that in because Inky just referenced that. So, Fat Cash, man, any last words, bro? Yeah, I, you know, it, 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 uh, so, 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 brother, brother Zuma, he hit it right on the, on the, on the now. That's what I was going to say. Um, but in the kind of on the dovetail to that, um, I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but I mean, in my, in my humble opinion, I think the only way that we're truly going to get through this is you got to take it back. I mean, take it back being, uh, I believe it has to be another revolution. I mean, it, I mean, clearly they ain't give, did nothing last year. They ain't did nothing 20 years ago. What the hell, what make you think they're going to do something next? I mean, so <clears throat> that that's just how I feel about it. But it, it, until it get to that point, um, uh, what, what Brother Zumbi had mentioned is as far as uh, from a financial perspective and as far as what Dr. Inkin had mentioned, as far as cessating the people that, uh, that we need help from, uh, you just can't get away from that. That's all I got to add. Zombie, man, bring us home, bro. Put the character before the cash. And what I mean by that is, and I mentioned this probably in a previous uh, podcast, uh, we all need to have chips. And what do I mean by chips? Character honor, integrity, principle, and sanity. That has to be the foundation. If you instill that foundation before the cash, before the power comes, then I think you will have those who are, who will be more receptive to the people, who will not uh, violate certain boundaries, okay? And also for those who wanna serve the people, Never place yourself at the mercy of another people's of another individual's generosity or lack thereof. So, in other words, whether the people support you or not, make sure that you can support yourself. Yeah. And you've been checking out another great example of get on code. We end by saying, make sure you drink your water. A salute to the brother who said make sure it was clean water, not tap water. <laughs> all right. Um, hey, contact your family. They love you. They miss you. And we all grow together when we're in stronger families. We say get on code, teach the code, become the code, embody the code. Our code is black empowerment. And we love you. Peace.